You are listening to the podcast of Anthem Church in Columbia, Missouri. For more information, visit us online at anthemcolumbia.com. All right. Amen, you guys. Um, yeah, it's, it's so much fun. I love, I love this time of year. I love being back together with the college students being back. I wore my pink shirt because I'm going to be uh, leading a group this year. And so when, when we go to connect at the end of this, I, I want you to be able to see where I'm at. So that's kind of one of those reasons. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, as being up here in the choir, I don't know if you felt it out there, but I'm like, man, I am getting sweaty and hot, so pink is, like, I think I'm still all right, but uh, um, this morning, if you, if you would, take your Bibles, go ahead and open up with me. We're going to be in the book of Mark, and we're in Mark chapter 12 this morning. If you don't have a Bible, I would love to get you one. We've got Bibles um, at, our, at our information center, info central, whatever you want to call it, out there in the, in the foyer before you come in. We just want to get Bibles into people's hands, okay, and so we've got some free ones back there. We've got some nicer ones that are like 10 bucks or whatever. We're not trying to make a profit, but we just want to get the Word of God into your hands, um, so if you don't have one, make sure you, you stop by there after church. Um, this morning, as, as Stan said, what we usually do as a church is we usually take one book of the Bible and we walk through it because we believe that this is God's word. We believe that, that in here we have all that we need for salvation. We, we have all that we need to live a life uh, that's godly and that's pleasing to God and a life that is a life of fulfillment. Not only, not only for hope for, for eternity, but for hope, hope for now. And so that's what we believe is in this book. And so, so we hold that and, and we walk through it and we try and digest what all God would have for us. And that's why connection groups are important is because when, when I give to you what I feel like God has given to me, then you take it and you go out and you say, all right, how do we, how do we live this out? What's our application? How do we read this? And so it's a, um, that's what we usually do. And I'm really excited to start going through the book of James because if you've ever read through the book of James, it's challenging. There's some stuff in there. Like when you walk through a book of the Bible, it, it challenges you to get into some of the messy parts. And we all know that there's messy parts in scripture where, where as Christians, it's like, let's just fly over that. You know, it's kind of weird. I don't know how it applies to today. And if we try and make it apply, we might get shot. So, so let's just fly over that. And, and what we do as Anthem Church is we, we, we go to those places and we try and figure out, okay, what, what does God have for us? in those places, even in the messy parts. So I'm excited for that for James. But this morning, what I want to do is, uh, as Stan said, I just want to go through what it is that we're about as a church. We just take a, take a pause in, in going through James and, and just look at what it is that we are about as a church. And here's, if you're a note taker, here's, here's our vision. Okay, I threw some stuff up on the screen, so there's going to be a few, few verses we're going to be going through. But our vision as a church, as Anthem Church, our vision is to help people know, love, and obey Jesus. That's it. As a church, we want to help people know, love, and obey Jesus. And we believe that happens through just grassroots, relation, relational discipleship. Disciples that make disciples that make disciples. That's what we see in the early church. That's what we see in the model of Jesus. But as we, as we look at that, as we look at the vision of what we're about as a church, it, it, it took me to this place in Mark as I was thinking about how do we, how do we unpack this this morning? As we, as we look at a new season, as we celebrate year, uh, year two and in, going into year three as a church, how do we unpack this? How do we, how do we stay on vision? Because at times we can drift 
right? And lots of times we don't drift into good places. We drift into Netflix on the couch with a bag of Doritos, right? That's, that's our, right, that's our drift mode, right? And for you, it might be something completely different. But usually drifting isn't a good thing. So how do we, how do we make sure we stay on vision, that our, that our vision is what drives us and what compels us? And I, I got to thinking about Mark, and it made me, it made me wonder, like, if, if you had a chance to ask Jesus... Like if Jesus was here instead of me, which he'd probably do a much better job, arguably, than I would of preaching this morning. It's okay. I can say that. Okay. There you go. Uh, if, if Jesus was up here and you, you had the opportunity to ask him a question and you say, okay, Jesus, what do you want for my life? What, like, what do you want for me? What do you want from me? What do you want me to do? What do you think he would say? What do you, what do you think would be his response? And, and the reason I, and maybe, maybe I'll put it a different way. Like, when, when we think of religion, when we think of religion, there, there's, there, are, there are things that religion requires of us, right? And, and a lot of people, and I think I've even said it, that Jesus didn't come to start a religion. He came to establish a relationship. And while that's true, the definition of religion is, is a, a system of beliefs and actions. And so while we like to use that as a tagline and set ourselves apart and be like, well, we're not like those. We're not about a religion. It's like, eh, yeah, we, we are. Um, so, so if you think about a religion, I think lots of times in the church, big C church, what we do is oftentimes we, we, we get this mentality that me being a Christian means that I just have a longer list of things I don't do, right? Like we all have lists of things we don't do as a good person, even if you don't, if you, even if you don't believe in God, even if you don't follow Jesus, you have lists of things you don't do. Like you don't rob a bank. Although I guess that didn't work out for the guy this past week. Uh, so that's, that, I'm sorry, that wasn't in my notes. But like, like you have lists of things, you, let's bring them back. You have lists of things we don't do. And as Christians at times in the Big C Church, we, those lists are just longer. And that's what it means to be a Christian is, well, I don't do these things. And, and in reality, what we're talking about, what that is, is just, it's just behavior modification. Like when, when, I, was a, uh, when I was a young parent, when my kids were young, I, I remember uh, my son, he was, he was in a high chair. He was probably two, maybe, maybe even a year old, somewhere around there. And, and as kids do, he was sitting in his high chair, and he was, he was eating, and obviously with his hands, um, because young kids are animals. And, and uh, he, he was taking food, and he was just like dropping it off the side. And I was in the kitchen, and I could see through this little window we had into, into the dining room, and I saw him just take it. And drop it. And as a young parent, I was just like, because mm! <laughs> our kids should be perfect. And so as I, as I saw him do this like once and then get to do it twice, I said, Jackson! And I ground my teeth and I flared my nostrils like good parents do, right, to get their kids to stop. And I, and I just watched him in that moment in his one-year-old little brain and heart and spirit just kind of crumble. And, and I remember, like, I love my dad, but I, that's how my dad was with me. When, when I would do something, his teeth would grind and his nostrils would flare. And it's just like, ugh. and I saw my son in that moment just like deflate. And I realized as a young parent that, that if I focus on behavior modification, I can bully my kids into doing right things. But it's more than that. To parent, to disciple it's more than that. 
There's more to it than that. It reminds me of the, the story of the, the little boy that, who wouldn't sit down in Sunday school and you're just up and just going all, and his teacher's like, sit down, sit down, sit down, finally, sit down. And he sat down and he was all frustrated and then he had this sly grin on his face. Said, Why are you smiling? He said, because you can make me sit down, but I'm still standing on the inside. That's what we do oftentimes, right? When, when it becomes behavior modification, it, the, the actions, we can get those actions to change, but it's more than that. And don't get me wrong, Jesus has a lot to say about our actions. He has a lot to say about what, what we do and what happens on the outside, but he has even more to say to those people who were more concerned about the heart than he was about the actions. In fact, he was, he was pretty hard on these people. In Matthew chapter 23, I have it up on the screen Matthew chapter 23, verses 25 through 28, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee. And Pharisee, for those of you who don't know, these were the religious rulers of the day. They were the ones who had all the, they had the lists. They had all the lists. And he says, you blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate that the outside also may be clean. He goes on in verse 27, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. See, that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, look, I care more about what goes on in here than what happens out here. Because what happens in here determines what happens out here. And so the question, it comes back around to it. If you could ask Jesus something, if you could ask him, well, well, what do you want? What, What should be on my list? What do you want? I wonder what he'd say. And I I think we have somewhat, somewhat of an answer here in Mark chapter 12. Starting in verse 28, says this. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he had answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So let's, let's think about the context for just a second, okay? Jesus is being asked by this, by this guy, this, this Pharisee, who's a religious ruler. In Matthew's version of this story, he records the fact that this guy is a, is a lawyer. He's a lawyer. He's, he, his job is to sift through the list. His job is to sift through the rights and the wrongs and the do's and the don'ts and figure out like, and, and to enforce those laws. And, and as the, the religious rulers in that day, that was a huge part of what they did. How are we seen? How, how do we pray? What words do we use? How, how do we come across? What does this look like? And uh, this was a huge part of their day-to-day life. And, and Jesus, he, he disputes these guys over and over and over again throughout the, the gospels, throughout scripture. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see this over and over again. They have these disputes about, uh, about different aspects of the law and different parts and different lists and all these different things. And so this guy, it says he sees that Jesus is answering them well. He's answering them wisely. And so he comes up with this question. I believe it's coming out of a place of genuine sincerity. And he asks them this. And this is such a loaded question because the, this guy, there, there were two different ways that, that you could see the law in this day. 
There, were, there was one uh, way where you could just look at the written law, what was written in the Old Testament. And they, these guys went back through there and they wanted to have a complete list. And so they counted up every place where God told uh, his people to do something. They came up with about 613 different things to make, to put on their list. All these different things. And that was Torah. That was the law. That was their list. But then what they did was, uh, if, if you look back through the Old Testament, there were so many times where these people did not do this well. The, the God's people, they would, they would kind of follow the law every now and then, and then they'd totally veer off from it, and God would discipline and punish them. And then, and then he'd bring them back together, and then they would follow for a little while, and then they would veer off, and he'd bring them back. And, and so what, what happened during, uh, when it, you lead up to the Jesus time, when he comes on the scene, these guys, these religious rulers says, we don't want to do that anymore. So let's, let's make more laws to protect the laws. Let's make a bigger list because if we have a bigger list, then, then if we, they, they call it uh, creating a hedge around Torah, making, making a fence around the law. It's a, one, one example was in, in uh, the law, the, the, the priests, they had to wash themselves. They had to go through this ceremonial uh, cleansing before they went into the temple to go before God. And so what these Pharisees did, they said, all right, we want to make sure the priests do that. So let's just make a law. Let's just say that everybody has to wash. And not just before the priest goes into the temple, but every time we eat. This wasn't about like your mom saying, hey, did you wash your hands? That's not, you know, it's not about germs. It's not about being grimy. This is, this is about being presentable before God. And by the time Jesus comes on the scene, there are over 5,000 of these, these laws that they, they just put around the law. And so this guy's question, do you see, do you see the, the extent of it, the magnitude of it? He's saying, hey, what do I do? Like, what should be on my list? What, what should be on my list? And Jesus, it's almost like this guy is, is trying to boil it down and say, okay, what, what do I have to do to be acceptable to God? What should really, what should be at the top of my list? What should, what should be here? And, and I think what Jesus does here is he takes it back and he says, no, you have to realize this isn't about your list. This is about God. This is, again, this is about relationship. This is about you knowing who it is that you're worshiping. Right? Do you see that? He, he takes them back, and he takes them back, and he, he uses this, uh, the Shema statement that the Jewish people would, they, they would quote this every night and every morning. In Deuteronomy, I don't have it up on the screen, but De- Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Does it sound familiar? That's right. Jesus is kind of a plagiarizer. Is that a word? Plagiarism here? Right? Yeah. So G- it's like, okay, but that's, that's, I know that already. I think Jesus is saying, yeah, you're right. I'm taking you back to what you already know. I'm taking you back to the, the reality that this is, this is about relationship. Don't, don't just get focused on the obeying part before you get focused on the knowing part and the loving part. It's like if I were to, if I were to forget my anniversary, which is a big no-no. I've been married about uh, 16 years. I should know that for sure, but I'm pretty sure it's about 16 years. And uh, I, I, if I forgot my anniversary, right, and, and like, Knowing me, I could kind of see me doing this. I've been married long enough. I don't think I would. But if I went up to my wife, I'm like, hey, there's, there's a good chance. I'm not saying I'm going to, but there's a good chance 
I might forget our anniversary. It's a good chance of that. So could you just let me know, like, what are some things that if I were to do that, what are some things that would make that okay with you? Like, can you ice cream cake, like uh, flowers? What, what are the things? Right? And, and some of you, maybe you're like, I don't think that would work. Right. <laughs> See, it's almost like the, the Pharisees saying, hey, let's, let's just let, tell me what I need to do. And Jesus is saying, no, it's not about what you need to do. It's about who you need to love. It's about who you need in your life. It's about who you need to have relationship with. He takes them back and he's saying, this is relational. And we see that even in the Ten Commandments. The first four commandments are all about, all about relationships. Have you ever thought about this? I have these up on the, the first one. I have it up on the screen. The first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Relational, right? Second one. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. God's saying, it's me. Relationship with me. That's the third one. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. He's saying, don't take this in vain. My relationship with you, my, my interaction with you, don't, don't treat that lightly. And the fourth one, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And you may be saying, wait a second, that seems like more the external, the law. That, that, seems, that doesn't seem relational. See, what the Sabbath was all about was for the people to remember that they had to find their rest in God. And when they started walking away from the Sabbath, it was because they didn't feel like they needed God anymore. They didn't, they didn't want him in their lives anymore. So they started just disobeying the Sabbath and saying, you know, we got this. And Jesus is wrapping all this up in this question of saying, what should be on my list? And he's saying, this is it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't you think it's interesting? And oftentimes what we do is we skip over these things and we just, we're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But he goes on. He doesn't just stop with one. Even though the question was, what? What's the greatest commandment? Jesus, first of all, it's like before the guy stops listening. And, and the second, like, second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you ever wonder why he gave him two when he asked for one? Was Jesus feeling feisty or was it, you know, like a two-for-one deal? Like what, what, what was the deal? He says the second is like it. See, when, when we enter into relationship with God, when we, when we seek to know him and love him, what flows out of that? is obedience to him. Do you see that? What flows out of that is obedience to him. See, this is the big idea that I want you to walk away with this morning. I want you to understand the vision of Anthem Church, but the big idea as we think about that vision is this, what we love determines what we do. Let me say it again. I have it up on the screen. I I want you to get this. What we love determines what we do. What we love determines what we do. We see this even in our earthly relationships, don't we? I remember when, when uh, I, I got married, and uh, my wife, she was, she was uh, as, as young women do and young men do, you, there's a lot of learning uh, opportunities. We'll, we'll call it that, opportunities in those early years, right? Some of you have been married longer, it's like... You know, I, I remember, I, I remember one of those, one of those times was uh, I was asking my wife how, like, well, ask, I don't know if you can call it asking. I was informing her on how I like my shirts hung up. And I, I know that's not a big deal, right? But, but for me, there was, a, there was a way that shirts should be hung up. Uh, you, you button the top button, and then you button the third button. That's how, it, and then you hang it. Yeah? 
Yeah, okay, yeah. That's how you do it. Young women, right? That's, uh, I'm kidding, kidding. But, but I remember, and I remember like she, my wife was doing that and she told me one day, she's like, I absolutely hate hanging your shirts up like this. I was like, why? She's like, I don't know, I just hate it. But you know what? I'm gonna do it. Why? Because I love you. Guys, not, not only that, like over the, over the past years that I've been married, I have done the whole 30, like twice, maybe one and a half, maybe one and a third, but I've done the whole 30, like I, if, I don't know if you've ever done the whole 30, but yes, you should feel bad for me, and you know, I, no, I'm kidding, but like the whole 30, it's this strict diet where, where you don't eat hardly anything, and, or at least anything good, and the reason I did that, the reason I did that was I am not a healthy person, I'm not. Like, I, I don't like health food. I don't exercise. And yes, you can tell me why I need to exercise, and I get it every time I say that. But, guys, the reason I did the whole 30 was because I love my wife. And who you love determines what you do. Who you love determines what you do. What Jesus says here is he says, look, the greatest commandment is that you love God with everything that you are, with your internal, with your external, that, that everything you are, you, you bring it in line with who he is. And when we do that, we begin to love what he loves and do what he loves. And, and what that is, is loving others. It's walking in obedience. But the first thing that we have to understand is we can't just jump forward to behavior modification. We have to enter into relationship with him. Enter into relationship with a God who loves you and who wants to see you grow and become who he wants you to be. And, and this God who, who has more in plan for you. And Because the cool thing about this also is that there's a flip side to this. Not only does who we love determine what we do. But guys, have you ever experienced the fact that the doing reinforces or inflames the loving? Let me explain. When I'm, I'm, I'm just laying it all out there, aren't I, this morning. I'm not a healthy person, and I'm a super boring person, like, to be honest. Uh, I think Marin uh, was, was telling me, oh, you guys do so much on Instagram, and it's, you guys look like you have so much fun. That's my wife. Like, I am not an exciting person. Like, if, if it were my, my choice, we'd probably never do anything. Right? But, but she loves adventure. She loves adventure. She loves to, to like get in the, the car. And when we used to have a truck, it was even better because there's just something about truck on country roads, you know, and then listening to country music and whatever. I don't know. But then you, you get in those moments and you're driving all around and it's like, ah, I, you know, I wouldn't have chose this, but, but I love her. And when I'm in those moments and I'm having those adventures, you know what happens? I fall more in love with who I'm with. I fall more in love with my wife. When, I, when, I, when I've done the whole 30, I, I'm really grumpy for 30 days. But there's a reality in that that when I get to go through that with the one that I love, I love her even more. And then when I get to retell those things, like have you ever, have you ever done that? Like we went, to, we went out to eat at CC uh, Broiler, the steak, CC City Broiler. Oh my goodness, my mouth just watered so much that I had to swallow even saying that. Like, we got to go, we got taken out there, because I don't make enough to, to go there often. You know, like, uh, we, we got taken there, and, and I got this ribeye steak that was just like, oh my goodness, it was so good. And they gave me the butter, to, and the reason, like, as I'm saying this, 
I am falling more in love with my experience that I had. Like, I'm excited that the next time that I get to go there and have that food, and I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what I got to experience because I'm telling you about my experience. You guys, when we, when we start to follow who God is, when we become in relationship with him, when we lay our lives down and say, God, it is you. I want to follow you. I don't want all these other things. The greatest commandment, the thing at the top of my list is you. When we, when we become in line with who God is and when we start to love people the way God loves people and when we get to tell people about the amazing experiences that God has given, you know what happens? It's so much better than CC City Broil. It's so much better than all those things and we become more in love with who God is and when we become more in love with who God is, we become more in love with the, the people God loves. And that's what we want to be as a church. That's who we want to be as a people, as a community. We want to be people who know Jesus, who love Jesus. And because we know and love Jesus, we, we want to know and love people. You see that? This morning, as, as we look at this, and as we look at the vision of who we are, th- there might be some of you in here who maybe you've never taken that step and you're not in that place where where you would say that you know God. And the beautiful thing about this scripture and the beautiful thing about what we see in here and we're gonna preach over and over and over is that there is good news for broken people. And it's not that there's this mindset, I think, that that you have to clean yourself up before before you engage in what I'm talking about. That you have, there's, there's all these things, you have a list too, but it's the things that you're doing right now that you know you shouldn't do. And you're saying, I, I can't engage in relationship until I cancel this list out. I can't engage in what, what you're talking about. Yeah, that sounds good. It sounds good to be in relationship with that kind of God who, who frees me and sets me free from sin and death. But, but I have all these things. If you knew who I was, I don't, think you would, I don't think it would be offered so freely. And what I'm telling you is that Jesus comes before a crowd of broken people and he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you're in that place this morning where, where you're saying, I haven't experienced that. I don't know God the way you're talking about knowing God. I, 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 don't, I don't have that. I still need to clean myself up. I think the message for you this morning, the thing that Jesus would tell you is come, come to me. Are you weary? Are you tired? Are you heavy laden with sin and burdens? Come to me. Experience relationship with me. Experience the rest that I offer. Come to me. And those of you who maybe you're in that place where you're like, I, I've done that. I know God. I would say I'm in relationship with God. Maybe for you this morning, your relationship with God, it hasn't been visible in your relationships with others. Your relationship with God has not been visible. Your love for God has not been determining what you do. It hasn't been, it hasn't been determining your actions. You have not been loving people the way that you know you should. You have not been interacting with people the way that you know you should. You, you haven't been doing those things because, because your love for God, maybe, maybe it's grown stale. And what I would say for you this morning is repent. Repent. That means stop and turn. 
Ask for forgiveness. Maybe, maybe you've, you've gotten so focused on your list of things that you forgot what it's really about. The, the words of Jesus for you are the same words of Jesus for this Pharisee, for this religious ruler who says, go back to what you know. Go back. Reinforce, re-engage your relationship with God. Grow more in love with him. Because when, again, guys, when we grow in our love and our relationship for God, I believe this hurting, broken world is going to see the love that God would have for them. And we live in a world desperate to know that they are loved. Amen? Desperate to know that they're loved. So this morning, as the band comes up, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. We're not going to have communion this morning. I'm just going to, I'm going to invite you. We're going to sing a couple songs, and then we're going to, um, I'm going to come back up. But this morning, as we sing, as we worship, I just want to invite you, wherever you are, to just take a few moments. To just take a few moments. Again, maybe for you, you, you haven't experienced that relationship. You're not in that place. So I would, I would ask you, come this morning. Lay yourself down before God. If you would like to pray with someone, I would love to pray with you. I, I, we, Todd and Zoe would love to pray with you. We have, we have people that would love to pray with you. And if that's, if that's you, I didn't plan this, but if that's you this morning, I, I'm, I'm going to stand just in the back. And if you would like to, to come and pray with somebody and say, yes, I want that. I want to enter into a relationship with God. Come, come. Don't try and clean yourself up. Just come. And this morning, as we worship, Stan's getting up to Todd's in the back. As, as we worship, I just want to encourage you, just stay seated for just a little bit. Just let this wash over you. Just, just ask yourself, okay, is my love for God determining my actions towards others? Because Jesus says the second command is like it. He's saying this is just as important as the first. You can't get the first one and leave off the second one. Am I showing people the love of God? Am I? And when you're ready to stand up and worship and to, to say, I re-engage with this. God, I want you. I want this relationship. I want to show people around me the relationship you have for them. Stand and we're just going to worship together. Amen. So go ahead and I'm going to pray for us. God, I thank you for, I thank you for just your word. God, I praise you that, that as this Pharisee asked, what is the greatest commandment? You didn't say, you didn't reinforce his list. God, you didn't, you didn't reinforce anything, just the, the relationship that you want to have with him. You've re, you reinforced just the, the thing that he does, that, that you desire. That's relationship and, God, I pray that you would help us to, to just, if, if we've disengaged, re-engage, God, this morning. God, for those who have never experienced that relationship, God, I pray that you would help them to come this morning. We love you. We praise you, God. And it's in your name.